What's your name up there, right there? Yeah, walking up. What's your name? Stephen? CJ. CJ. You can keep on, you can, I didn't mean to, actually I did mean to call you out. Everybody turn around, look at CJ. From 1998 to about 2001, that was my place. That was my place, Peg. You remember, that was my place. And CJ, I'm going to tell you, you might want to be a little aware that some special things happened in that place. And right there, as you were taking notes and you, uh, you were doing something right there on that big, what I call the altar, and, and my tears, my, my, my sweat, my fears, my joys, my dreams are soaked in the wood of that place. And, and Alvin Whitworth, here's the story. Oh, he went that way. There he is. All right. Um, it was before. Now, I would sneak out of class. Apologize, professors. I would sneak out of class a little early to get to chapel. See, here's the thing. I was not a Christian before, uh, before just like six months before I started seminary. I was radically born again, radically born again. Now, 30, 32, almost 32 hours. My born again day is May 10th of 1997. That's next Wednesday. Next Wednesday, I'm 20 years old. <laughs> now, next Thursday, I'm 53. Seriously, my, my, I have a, my, my birthday is May the 11th, and, but I was born again one day before my, my, my birthday. And, and so here I am, I'm brand new at this. I, I, I'm, 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 I'm hearing for the very first time about this God, this, this good God, this compassionate God. But here's what happened on that morning. I remember, I don't remember what morning I'd been at seminary for probably maybe six, eight weeks. And I'm right there at that spot, CJ, I'm right there. And I'm here about 15 till, 10 till. And sir, you begin to play. I don't know who picked the songs today, but you don't know this. Breathe on me, breath of God. You, you didn't know that, did you? See, I didn't, I didn't know. I didn't tell you the song. In fact, I think you even asked what song. Of course, you know what song I asked for. And can it be, of course. But, but that's okay. That's okay. There's other songs. Kind of. There's, there are. There's, there's a few other songs. But, 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 but here it is. You, you began to play. And I had been in church. I had played with church for years. So I knew the songs. But I didn't know the power behind the songs. And so the song, the, 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 the organ began to play, sir. And it was, breathe on me, breath of God. And at some point in time, as I'm, I, I put my head down on, on, on the altar there, on the first pew there, you know, all Methodists have their pews, right? And on the first pew in that first, that first seat, and I lay my head down, and I literally begin to say, okay, God, I don't know what this breath is. I don't understand this breath. But whatever it is, as I'm, as I'm, I'm, I'm sitting here right here, I, I want the breath. I want that breath. I want the breath of the Almighty. I want that breath. Breathe on me. I don't even know what that means. Breathe on me. And, and I'm over there and, and I'm, I'm pounding on the altar. And, uh, the, and, and at some point I, I grab the edge of the balcony and just my, it's white knuckle moments. And I'm just grabbing it and I'm praying and I'm even like breathing like breathe on me God. I know people thought I was a mess. I mean, I thought they were a nut up there. I mean, I guarantee it. People would walk past. I didn't care at that moment. It was just me and the Lord. And I just said, breathe on me, God. Breathe on me, God. And thus began a journey for me to understand, embrace, 
the almighty breath of God. The breath of the Almighty. Job, starting in verse, starting in chapter 27 and about until about chapter 34, he mentions the breath about eight times. The ruach. The ruach. He mentions this breath. He talks about breath that blows out sin. Uh, breath that blows in judgment. Breath that gives us intelligence, wisdom, Sophia. Breath that gives us life. Job. Job. Of all people, Job, the man who has been devastated and, and, and finally he turns, he turns to this God who know, he knows where his breath comes from. See, Job knew where his life came from and, and Job is not the only place we see the breath of the Almighty. We see the breath of the Almighty, right? First verse of the Bible, right? The Spirit of God, what? Hovers. Who's the Spirit of God? Who's the Spirit of God? Here's what, here's, here, 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 see, now you gotta, you gotta know, when I preach, when I ask a question, I kind of like an answer. <laughs> so who's the breath of God? Holy the Holy Spirit. And so the Holy Spirit in Genesis at the very beginning is hovering over the, the earth, hovering over the waters. And we see that. And then just one chapter later, what do we see? We see God taking time, creating man, creating woman. And he, when, he when he creates man, what does he do? The last thing he does, what does he do? You all know this, what does he do? He, Breathes in. It's the breath of the Almighty. It's the breath of the Almighty. We continue to see this all throughout Scripture. We see this certainly in Job. We see this in Ezekiel 37. Y'all know the story, right? The valley of what? Dry bones. And it's just a bunch of bones. All we are is a bunch of bones and sinew and tissue and muscle until the breath of the Almighty breathes in. And when the breath of the Almighty breathes in, guess what happens? Boom! We become what? We become a transformed army of disciples changing the world. Twelve people knew that. Because here it is, this resurrection morn, the very first resurrection morn. Here are these dazed disciples, these dazed, disappointed, defeated disciples. Sunday morn, and here comes, Sunday afternoon actually, Jesus comes through the door. Doesn't open it. Jesus comes through the door, and, and what does he say? He says, peace be with you, and what does he do? I've been told I'm a sound man's worst nightmare. I know, brother. I appreciate it. Thank you, man. So, so, but he breathes. Jesus breathes. And he says what? What does he say as he breathes unto his disciples? He says what? Receive the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of God is the breath of the Almighty. And I learned that here. Now, now it's not just in Scripture that we know this. John Wesley Listen to what John Wesley would say about the breath of the Almighty. This is in his sermon, The Circumcision of the Heart. He says this. At the same time, we are convinced that we are not sufficient of ourselves to help ourselves. Let me say that again. We are not sufficient of ourselves to help ourselves. That without the breath, listen to this, without the breath of Christian life, the Spirit of God. John Wesley called the Spirit of God the breath of Christian life. We cannot be Christian without the Holy Spirit. The very breath of Christian life is the Holy Spirit. He goes on, he says, we can do nothing but add sin to sin. Wow. We can do nothing but add sin to sin without the breath of the Almighty. We can do nothing but add sin upon sin. That is, he alone who worketh in us by his almighty power, either to will and or do that which is good, it being as impossible for us even to think a good thought without the supernatural assistance of his spirit. Without the supernatural assistance of his spirit. I learned 
of this spirit. I learned of this almighty breath right here in this sacred, in this safe, and in this holy space. In this space, but also the space called campus and classrooms and Stanger Hall and, and, and McKenna Chapel. I learned about the, I learned about this almighty breath, this, this, this breath of the almighty when it, with a well-earned, hard-fought C plus in, in, in Dr. Oswald's theology, Old Testament theology class. I learned about, has he just, he would go from, he would go from Hebrew to, to Greek to, to English and then just start praying. And, and, and I'm thinking, what is, what, what is this? Who is this man? I learned about the almighty breath of God, this breath of the almighty. I, I, I learned about it in, in this, and I was a dazed, I stumbled and bumbled through IBS. But I tell you what. Dr. Bauer, the super brilliant man of God, taught me about the almighty breath of God. I learned about this almighty breath of God. And as Ridge Johnson was a spiritual advisor and a spiritual director for my life, and we would take communion once a week. I learned about this, this almighty breath of God as we stood at the Sea of Galilee. And our trip with 20-some uh, pastors, Dr. Zenizer, his last trip to the Holy Land, and Jessica and I and 20 other pastors or so stood at the Sea of Galilee and took communion. Very first time I'd ever been to the Holy Land. And, and I'm standing there realizing, wow, there is a real breath. There is a real breath. I, 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 we, we, I learned about the breath of the Almighty as I, as I learned for the very first time, Peg, as we heard about spiritual warfare. And for me, I'd never heard about spiritual warfare in my whole life. And I heard it from this man right there, Steve Siemens, a godly and loving man. And we heard about how there is a real spiritual realm. And we better have the breath of the Almighty if you think you're going to transform anything in this realm. See, I learned it here. I learned about the, the spiritual. I, I learned about the Almighty, the, the, the breath of the Almighty here. And I'm here to tell you, as you walk out of these doors... As you go into the real world of Christianity and Christendom and churchdom and United Methodistdom, I'm here to tell you, 20 years old and 53, in the United Methodist Church at least, it is a harsh and stark reality that most of our churches do not yet know about this breath of the Almighty. They do not. In our most recent statistics, I work with the Indiana Conference, and, and I, I don't know what I said, but uh, I felt like the breath of the Almighty told me to say yes to, to Boom. So I'm on Boom, and, and I'm on different committees now, and, and I'm trying to, I, I feel like the Lord is asking me to serve in that capacity. I'm trying, I'm trying. And, and as we're doing it, I'm realizing I'm reading statistics. 40% of all United Methodist churches across the country, not across the world, because across the world, there's folks who, Know about the almighty breath of God. But in this country, 40% of all United Methodist churches in this country are classified as dead or dying. 40%. Recent statistic, just last year. The other statistic is 40 more percent, the next 40% are classified as stagnant. Now you tell me the difference between stagnant and dead and dying. I think you're one step behind. I don't know. I mean, I mean, it's, if, you're, if you're not growing, and we have this saying at Framers Chapel, if you're not growing, you're dying. It's called walking with Jesus. And we walk with the Lord and we walk. In, and so that leaves what percent of churches that are considered vital? 20%. 
20% of United Methodist churches are considered what they would call vital. Vital being uh, uh, making disciples. Vital being uh, that there's some growth. Vital being that there, there are baptisms, more than one uh, profession of faith. I learned about the breath of the Almighty here. And I walk out these doors and let me tell you, whoo, it's a little different. But I see in this place, because I know in that place, a generation of folk who are being raised up to walk in the power of, of the breath of the Almighty. That every breath, every breath is His. Every breath that comes in, every breath that goes out is His. It's His breath going in, it's His breath going out. Every word that you speak, everything that you think, everything that happens, this, this sanctified life, this holy living of heart and mind, this, 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 this absolute living, real, authentic, meeting people where they are, but not daring leave them where they are. I was appointed to a performer's chapel. Here's the, here's the joke about performer's chapel. Uh, there's a P and an F, and, and it's an old German. There's a German uh, missionary that came eight, before even the state of Indiana was founded. And this, uh, the joke is at take-in, United Methodist, you know, it's a take-in, that if you can pronounce the name of the church at take-in without having heard it, you're in. Because everybody wants to say performer or farmer. Or it's Firmer's Chapel. So I, we get to Firmer's Chapel, and the, it is a church, about 80, 85. They had about 110, apparently, listed as worship. That wasn't the case. About 80 or so in worship. And we get there. And let me just tell you just the reality of, 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 a, of a little tiny small church. Uh, Tyler referred to it. Uh, cemetery over here and, and creek over here, little creek over here. And, and the parsonage just up on the hill. And, and, and this church had 15 checking accounts with 13 treasurers, and they had 85 people in worship. And 75 were related. And when we first walked in, we did a, we, we had, we did a, we, our first kind of audit, our first, our first financial audit. We were missing $3,000. Well, of course, you got 15 accounts, 13 treasurers, and no one's talking to each other. And so money is missing. There was no misappropriation. It's just we were missing money. And, and we had also we had an IRS tax uh, issue. And, and at, the, at the end of the first six months, we realized that we were in some kind of arrears, either missing or in arrears of $7,000. So here's, here's this whippersnapper pastor who starts messing with the money. Yeah. I might as well slap your mama. I mean, I'm, I mean, it is, it is that kind, it is that kind of offense. I mean, it is ugly and it gets uglier. And, and so I'm not, I don't, I just, I'm trying to think, okay, what's the right thing to do? So, so what the right thing was to do is we consolidated, duh. I mean, we just consolidated all the accounts. It was a small church. We consolidated all the accounts, right? Makes sense, right? <laughs> what we did is fire 12 treasures. That's why essentially we did. That's in their mind we fired 12 treasures of which some have had their positions for 127 years. <laughs> and all of a sudden it got really ugly really quick. And, the, and this, this young pastor with a beautiful wife and three small kids, because every church wants a young pastor and a family, and, and they want, right? Every, every church wants that. Just don't mess with my checking account. And just don't mess with the money. Guys, I'm just being honest. Those two years I would not wish on my worst enemy. They were ugly. Ugly. We, we, had, a, uh, we, we had to eventually get the FBI involved 
because they had to, they had to trace all the death threats. There's one sunrise service, one sunrise service, uh, sunrise service, Jesus, resurrection, right? And, uh, and so sunrise service, 6 in the morning, 6.15 in the morning, and finding out that a, a, a gentleman had brought a gun, a, a, a shotgun, to the church. Well, okay, maybe. I, I read that in scripture. No. <laughs> so, and, and so everybody's a little worried because this guy's unstable. And so... We, Southern Indiana, but it's just, but there was a, he got he brought a shotgun and and so I walk out, walk to the very back of the parking lot by the cemetery, and he kind of uncovers his he he opens the the, the car at the truck door and he, and he uncovers the with a blanket he uncovers his gun and he says I got can I just shoot this off a few times and celebrate the resurrection? So here's, here's the conundrum. Here's the conundrum. Here's the conundrum. The conundrum is this, okay? So the, you're, 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 obviously the answer is no, because there's a whole lot of people a little bit concerned that you're unstable and you have a weapon and you just want to pow, 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 you know. And, and, but, but you're going to tell the unstable guy with a gun no. So, 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 so I said no. So I took a very deep breath of the Almighty. <sighs> All right, no, I don't think that's a good idea. And he got mad. He covered it back up and said, okay, okay. I'll be watching you then. True story. So as I turn around and walk back, the, oh, probably about, a, about 70 yards to the ch- 70, 80 yards to the church, I'm thinking, okay, I might see Jesus this morning. <laughs> I mean, I might see you this morning. This morning, this resurrection day is going to be a whole different thing. And so... <laughs> And, 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 this, and the church, it began, I mean, there, they began to be a, a, a kind of a, a there's, we had three exoduses in, in two years. And you can name them. You can name them. Because each, there's a patriarch or a matriarch that had been in control. And these are not, listen, guys, I'm not telling you that these are bad people. I'm telling you that they were not controlled by the breath of the Almighty. I'm telling you, listen, I'm telling you, there's a real battle and there's a real difference. When if you walk out of here and you say, you, could, you leave this place and you say, I want to be controlled by the breath of the Almighty. I want everything to happen from the breath of the Almighty. I want my thinking to be controlled by the breath of the Almighty. I want my actions to be controlled by the breath of the Almighty. I want my preaching to be controlled, my study to be, my everything that I do, I want it to be part of, I want it to be controlled and, and ruled and reigned in by the, by, the, by, the, by the power of the breath of the Almighty. I'm going to tell you, you're going to find some resistance out there. Because there's other breaths. And those breaths clash. They clash. And at some point in time, the holy habits that, that, are, that are defined here, the, the, these, this, 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 the crying out, this safe and sacred place called Asbury, that this place where, where you develop this thirst and this hunger for the breath. My prayer is you cry out for the breath. You cry out for the breath. Even right now, right here, you say, God, I want the breath of the Almighty. I want more of the breath of the Almighty. Because trust me, you're going to need it. You're going to need it. If you want to effect any kind of transformational change in this society and in this culture. And you're going to have to rely on the breath of the Almighty even when it doesn't even make sense. How many Bible stories made sense to you when you first read them? Donkeys talking? Huh? Dead men walking? Huh? 
There's going to be things that people want to try to make sense of, and they're not going to be able to make sense of it. I learned about the breath of the Almighty here. I learned about the breath of the Almighty here, and I praise God for that. But that didn't make it easy out there. In fact, let me just tell you, it made it harder out there. It made it harder out there. I praise God for this place, and I praise God for those moments, like when I'm in the restroom at, at, a, at, a, at McFeeders. In between classes. Y'all thinking, where in the world? <laughs> Holy Spirit can show up anywhere. And there's this gentleman, and I realized pretty quickly, it's Maxie Dunham. It's the president of the seminary. He's like in the bathroom with me. I mean, I mean, I'm, yeah, yeah, I know this. I mean, I'm just, I'm so naive about all this thing about Jesus and the Holy Spirit and the, and the Trinity. I don't know nothing. I'm a sponge. When I come in here and I just soak everything up and, and here he is and this is the first few weeks and here's Maxie and, and, and here we are and we're just washing hands and he says, so son, who are you? Tell me your name. Uh, 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 uh. Made up a name. I think I forgot. CJ. I think it said CJ. And um, <laughs> so, so I finally told him my name, and, and, and he's drying his hands. And I'm thinking, okay, we probably, you know, two guys in the bathroom, you know, just we might, might need to probably leave, you know. But, but just, no, <laughs> no. Maxie's standing right there in front of me. And he says, well, tell me, tell me your story. Just tell me your story. I, I, yeah, like, okay. And, and so here I'm telling my story. And, and, uh, he, and he's like, you know, and he puts his hand. He puts his hand on my shoulder. We're in the bathroom, Maxie. We're in the bathroom. We need to go. We can do this in the chapel. We can go this in. We're just down the hall. Let's just walk down. We get asked this. And, nope, right here. And he's, he's talking. And he just has this look. And, you know, if you know Max, he just looks right at you. And, and he just, and, and he looked up a little bit. He's just a little shorter than I am. He just looked at me. And, and he, he, he said, well, let me, let me have your hands. Thing I washed them. He said, let me have your hands. And he, and he grabbed my hands. He said, we're going to pray. He started praying about this Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, take a hold of this young man. Holy Spirit, use this man. Holy Spirit, use this man for revival wherever he goes. I still remember it. Right here, here's the sink, here's the toilets, here's Maxie and me. And it's like, I remember this prayer. And I'm like, I'm weeping in the bathroom. I'm thinking, I'm half of me is thinking, okay, God, I want the breath of the Almighty. And another part's thinking, please, God, don't let anyone walk in. And, <laughs> and I'm praying and I'm praying and, 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 and he's praying and, and, and he just gives me a hug right there in the bathroom. He gives me a hug. Wow. In this place, you are invited. In this place, you are urged. In this place, I believe it is imperative that you seek out, you long for, you desire, you cry out for the breath of the Almighty. Because when you go out there, you're going to need the breath. You are going to need the breath of the Almighty. You're going to need to teach about the breath of the Almighty. You know, most churches, most churches, most United Methodist churches, and, and just, just, again, just from experience and just, just in love and grace, most churches, we, we put a lot of prayer and a lot of preparation and a lot of planning into Christmas, Advent and Christmas, right? Most, most of you in churches, most of you in Methodist churches, most churches, we put a lot of emphasis, a lot of prayer, a lot of planning, a lot of preparation into Easter. Churches, planning, prayer, you know where I'm going. Planning, prayer, 
Preparation for Pentecost. You know what we do at Pentecost? We pull out the red drape. We pull out the red cloth. We put it on the table. We sing a couple of those weird songs about the Holy Spirit. And we're kind of glad the next day we don't have to do that until next year. I'm telling you the truth and the reality out there. The churches are going to be, need to be educated, taught, and, 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 and the word of God will need to be preached about who this breath is. Trust me, I lived life for 32 years. I was a relatively intelligent man. I had never heard of the Holy Spirit until I walked into this place. Not one time. And I lived in and out of churches all my life. And I'd never heard. We had our own trinity. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Potluck Supper. But we did not have. We did not have God the, God the Spirit of God. I'd never heard. And, for, and heavens help you when you start saying the Holy Ghost. You throw that ghost word in there. But if... Job knew this. Job said, there is life. With the breath of the Almighty, there is life. There is life. Adam knew this. Those bones in the valley knew this. Those disciples knew this. And I believe Asbury knows this. But I'm here to tell you, you still walk into a world where they don't. For the most part, they don't. Two years. Two years we would not even wish upon our worst enemy. Two years of, it was a, again, small country church, 80, 90. It was at the time we still had the one service. They would send prayer concerns out. They would write their prayer concerns out. We would take up the prayer concerns and give them to the pastor. That'd be me. And we would read the prayer concerns out loud to folks. So, you know, Myrtle needs, she's going to have surgery today. Pray for Myrtle. John, he's in the hospital. Pray for John. Then I would lift up the prayer concern, and it would be horribly vile, horrible language about my wife or my kids, even death threats. And written on the bottom of the, of, of the, of the prayer concern would, be say, would say, I dare you to save us. So by the breath of the Almighty, let me tell you, because this is sure not the spirit of Tim Johnson. The spirit of Tim Johnson wanted to seek and destroy at that moment. But by the breath of the Almighty, I folded the prayer concerns back, concerns, many of them, over two years. And I would put it into my pocket and I would say, unspoken. And I'd go home and quit. And the breath of the Almighty said, no, not today. Two years. Vandalism to the church. Attacks on my family. They would write letters to the newspaper. We finally, about two years, something happened, something shifted. And I believe, guys, if I can give you one word as, as, as we close here, one word, if I can give you this one word, the breath of the Almighty. Listen, here's, here's, here's the word I think has been in my heart all day long and all night long and for the last week or so. You and I will stop asking for the breath long before the Almighty runs out of breath. Listen to me. 
You and I will stop asking for the breath long before He, the Almighty, runs out of breath. I want to encourage you. I want to challenge you. I want to exhort you. But me, CJ will sell tickets right at that space right there. But get to a place, get to a space, call out, cry out, ask for the breath of the Almighty. Ask for it, cry out for the breath of the Almighty. You're going to need the breath of the Almighty. I'm here to tell you, only by the breath of the Almighty, only by the breath. I am from Kentucky, praise God, but I'm not the smartest person in the world. I surround myself with a whole lot of smart people. But there's one thing I know I've cried out. Since 1998 when I walked in this place. And there's one thing I've cried out every morning of my life, every night of my life, and about 55 times during the day of my life. It is, breathe on me, breath of God. I want your breath. I want your breath. When I'm sitting in hard, hard meetings, trustees meetings, PPR meetings, conference meetings, board of ordained ministry meetings, pour out your spirit, pour out your breath. God, I want your breath in me. By the, only by the grace of God and by the breath of God. Guys, I'm here to tell you, Firmers Chapel, nine weekly worship services, 1,200 people a week in worship, two international church plants. We got four Mercy Streets, which are drug addiction ministries. We have two services on Sunday morning. There's, we can't even fit them all in. And we're looking at more. See, the culture changed. The, the culture changed. You know why? <laughs> You know why the culture changed? <laughs> Can I ask? Here we go. Asbury, if, if I know Asbury, y'all gonna, gonna, gonna work with me on this, right? Right? Yes. Okay. Has Alvin Whitworth is gonna come up and guess what song he's gonna play? CJ, get ready, brother. I was right there when this song played. And we didn't even talk about it. You know who that is? It's the breath of the Almighty. I just wonder, as he begins to play, will you begin to cry out for the breath even more? I don't care how much breath you've got. Anybody want more breath? Anybody, anybody in Asbury want more breath of the, of the Almighty? Anybody? Then cry out, breathe out. I, I mean, I'm, I was a fool up there in 1998. I have a saying in Fremont Chapel. If you're afraid that somebody's going to talk about you, give them something to talk about. <laughs> Let's pray. Father, we love you. I thank you. I praise you for this place. I praise you for this holy, sacred, safe place where I could cry out. I could be a fool in just trying to figure out who you are and who the Holy Spirit is. And I thank you and praise you that in this place, at this altar rail, at that place in the balcony, and in this, in this holy place at Estes Chapel, but even in, in, by John Wesley's statue, by the fountain, in the cafeteria, in the gym, in classrooms, all over this place, I would cry out for the breath of the Almighty. I would cry out for the breath of the Almighty. And today, 20 years later, I am still crying out for the breath of the Almighty. I stand here today still asking for more of the breath of the Almighty because I know that there are still still more lives in this world to be changed and transformed. There are more people still hurting and broken and there's still a culture that's, that's, that's continuing to be against the kingdom of God but we as the, as the servants of the kingdom of God, we as the children of the kingdom of God, we as the, as the instruments of the breath of God, we get, we get, we get to combat that culture. We get to change that culture. We get to affect that culture but only by the breath of the Almighty. Only by the breath of the Almighty. 
So I pray, dear God, that even as we stand to sing this song, as we may come to this altar rail, we may go to CJ's place in the balcony. Whatever we do, I pray, dear God, maybe even prophetically, we would breathe out. We would breathe in, take a deep breath in. We would take a deep breath out. But we would prophetically even declare, we want more of the breath of the Almighty. I believe with all my heart, we'll stop, we'll stop asking long before you run out of breath. You want your people to ask for the breath of the Almighty even more. We pray that it will happen even here again this day. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen.